0: When you save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA Safe Pilot, you'll feel like a big deal. Even in a traffic jam. Save up to 30% with USAA Safe Pilot. Restrictions apply.
1: Book Two The Huntsman took pity on her and said, Run away into the woods, child, and never come back. Hi, this is Marissa Meyer. And this is Delaney.
0: And this is Sloan.
1: And you're listening to the Prince Kai Fan Pod. Hello, welcome to episode 128 of the Prince Kai Fan Pod, a Marissa Meyer book club podcast where Captain is King, Marissa is Queen, and I am your host, Bethany Finger. Today's episode is brought to you by Rampian Crew patron supporters. Thank you. I actually have two Rampian Crew patron supporters as my guests today, so I will let you introduce yourselves whoever wants to go first. Hi,
2: I'm Natalie. I'm just a big nerd and geek Um, here. Very happy to discuss all things, Marissa Meyer.
0: And I'm Andrew. I'm also a big nerd of books and Lunar Chronicles. And well, yeah, (laughs) I'm here to talk about some winter chapters as well. So excited. Actually, the two chapters we're going to talk to
1: talk about today are chapters 21 and 22 of winter but first i would love to know how you guys found marissa meyer and her books back when cinder first came out way back in 2012 i was still in
2: high school and i remember there was a lot of hype about it like oh, this a futuristic fairy tale is coming out soon guys and i was like oh sounds interesting i'm gonna add it to my list uh, so I did add it to my list, but then in the midst of about to graduate high school and then college and then moving and um, and, and life, just life happening, I mm-hmm. kind of forgot about 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 it. Like it just remained in my in my list. In fact, it remained in my bookshelf for nine whole years.
1: Wow, girl, that is such a long time.
2: i know like i always said i want to read it but in between being an english major and just life in general i just like prioritized all the books especially Mm -hmm. of course uh school books um and then after i graduated college i guess i was so burnt out with reading that i kind of went through this reading slump i'm gonna call it maybe an early retirement because i didn't read a single novel for at least two to three years oh no (laughs) I know, and I, I would look at my bookshelf, or I would look at Cinder in there and be like, oh, I remember when I was so happy to read that, I was so excited to read that book back when I was in high school, and here mm-hmm. I am, and now a college graduate, I haven't read a book in like two years, eventually I'll regain my love for books one day. Um, and then earlier this year, I was uh, running some errands in the mall, and I came across a bookstore, which I still like to walk, even back then when I still didn't like, I guess, couldn't find the motivation to read I still like to walk around bookstores because bookstores are my happy place anyway Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people will agree there's just great places to
1: be even if you don't buy anything like just walking around and smelling and reading and seeing other people who love books like it's very um it's a very satisfying way to spend an afternoon
2: it is very therapeutic. it's um it's just it's a nice feeling so I saw the redesigned covers of the Luna (laughs) Chronicles And I was like, oh my goodness, they're so pretty. Look, it's the whole set. I remember when I was interested in those books. And then another voice inside my head was saying, Natalie, you haven't read a single book in two years, yet you want to spend $70 on not just one book, but a whole box (laughs) set.
1: Six books.
2: (laughs) And I was just by my other voice, but, but they're so pretty. They
1: are so pretty. They're beautiful.
2: And I ended up I know I love those covers so I ended up buying them and um and then I tentatively like oh, English um I opened the first book of the of cinder and I just didn't stop and then when I was done I was like oh that was good I'm so glad I got to read a book in the first time in a while and then I was like you know what I need to find find out what happens I just can't stop here so I went on to read the entire series in just one week, like from Cinder to Winter. And then I was just so upset, I had obsessed. I had even this book hangover when I was like, I don't want to go back to reality. No, take me back to the rampion, please. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so just bought all the bought all the graphic novels and even the coloring book, everything. It's was like, oh my goodness, I'm so happy. And because of that, it regained my love for reading. Now I've read a bunch more novels now this year, which I'm very happy about.
1: That makes me happy, um, too.
2: And then I was also kind of I was, I was upset about with myself. I was just like, why did I wait so long to read these books? The the Probably the fandom is dead. Like, the hype for these books probably gone. There's nobody I can talk to about with these. And then that's when I came across Prince Kai uh, FanPod. I was like, yes, there's still an active community out there, <laughs> even if I came to the party kind of late. But I'm happy. That's <laughs> the <a> long story. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> Just happy there's still people I can... um, We are, like, so happy to have you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm just happy to nerd out about things like this with other people.
0: (laughs) Yeah, nerding about something you like with someone else, it's simply the best. It's it's wonderful to nerd about something, not alone. (laughs) Well, um... Well, um... My story with Marisa and TLC started when I was in high school. I saw the first um, Cinder book cover. And the bookstore and I asked the worker, what's this book about? Why is it Cinder? Why not Cinderella? And she was like, I don't know. <laughs> so I picked the book. I read the cover. And I loved it. I loved the steampunk theme, the aesthetics, the genre. I loved it. And it, was, it wasn't it was the steampunk. It was more like cyberpunk. And I wanted it. I wanted that book so badly, but I didn't have any money. So I told myself, I'm going to read the PDF. And then I'm going to go buy the rest of the books. I never read the PDF. I never searched it. And one day I saw the book in in a sale and I said, this is the time. (laughs) So I bought it. I went back to my house. I read it in one sitting that day. And I felt so sad because I didn't have the other books and I didn't know when they were coming out. I didn't know anything. So I suffered in silence. And when I was in college, I think, second year of college, I bought Scarlet and Cress. And then I convinced my dad to buy me winter, and I read the whole series. I think it was one week, too, when I read them. And since then, it's been like... um. I read the the Lunar Chronicles once a year. Since then, I I just read them all the time. And I even introduced one friend to the series. She asked me, what's this book about? And I explained, it's about Cinder, a cyborg, and there is a plague. They have to find a cure, put the evil queen in Luna and she read those books too <laughs> and when I found Prince Kai Fan Pod I was scrolling on, on Instagram and I found a post with the hashtag Lunar Chronicles about episode 15 I think it was of Cinder and I didn't know what the podcast was back then but it got me interested And I said, I'm going to check it out later. (laughs) And when I first listened to the podcast, they were on Scarlet's chapter 28, I think it was. When I started listening. And I loved it since then. (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad. It was so nice to hear someone talking about uh, the books chapter by chapter i was like oh yes this is the field my life needs <laughs> i mean that's but why yeah, i started I reckon- the
1: podcast because i i felt like i needed it in my life and no one else was making one so
2: yeah i could totally relate with andrew there i grew up in a country where we don't have libraries um and books are ridiculously expensive so how to beg my parents like buy them online for me and and because I was outside the U.S., we had to pay a ridiculous amount for um, uh, international So My parents had a rule: it was we're we only gonna buy you books after you read the ones you already own. Hmm. So any book lover out there with a really ridiculously long TBR will relate. That will be like that sounds like torture. Oh yes.
1: <laughs> I don't think people in the in the I think people in the United States sometimes take for granted the. Our, our open access libraries yes. and how much we benefit from them.
2: I love them so much. That's what people
0: <laughs> like you, Bethany. Like, yes.
2: libraries <laughs> yes. and librarians. One of the
0: best things in the U.S. Here in Mexico, because, sorry, I didn't mention this. I'm from Mexico. Books are actually quite expensive. So to have your own personal, personal library is really hard because they are expensive. And sometimes we have to wait um, three years for the translation to come. So, you know, I just buy them in English. <laughs> we have a Patreon member in
1: Romania, and uh, she was talking about that in one of the Zoom meetings that she hasn't read some of the Renegades books because they haven't been translated. Yeah.
0: It's really hard yeah. sometimes.
1: So today, we're going to talk about chapters 21 and 22 of Winter. Um, but first, I did get a email. Um, I'm not going to read the whole email because it was really long. And it also said, please don't read the whole email. But there was a question um, that I'm more than happy to uh, go over. And it was... In Marissa's podcast, The Happy Writer, they do a thing where they say, like, this is what's making me happy this week. And she asked if we could do that on my podcast, and I think that's fine. Um, so this week, I have a lot making me happy, like so much. Um, but the one I'm going to focus on is just I'm really, really, really happy that I got to my NaNoWriMo goal. It's only November 21st, and I was really nervous that I wouldn't be able to do it at all, which I think means that I like overcorrected by like dedicating way too much time to like, I have to reach this 50,000. Um, but I did it, and that's what's great, which means the second, the first draft of my sequel is done. Yay! But there's, you know, like 10, ten drafts left, you know? But so that's what's making me happy this week. What about you
0: guys? Hmm. What's making me happy this week? I finished finished making... I think it was eight notebooks last night. And I love the process of making each one of them. It drives me to a sense space where I'm happy. I'm calm. Nothing can disturb me. And I'm actually working on a second project i want to do a writing project and i started with some ideas you know random ideas this might happen this might not what about this name what about the other name so that's what's making me happy this week i love
1: that
0: okay
1: i love that natalie what about you Uh,
2: For me, uh, it's just that I've been able to sit and write uh, during NaNoWriMo. Um, I'm a little behind still, but with work, with full-time job and other hobbies, it's kind of hard. But I'm just happy that for the first time in a long, long time, I finally, I'm sitting down to work on what have always been my passion, which is writing or telling stories. So there's some days that I'm just at work, just thinking about my work in progress and just excited to get home so I can continue working on it. Even if the first draft is just bad, like all first drafts are. um, But I'm just excited that I'm finally writing. And even if I'm not close to my goal and probably won't uh, hit the 50K goal in Nanogram, I'm just happy that I got started on something and I'm writing and very happy about it.
1: I'm happy for you and I think also like first drafts are not gonna be last drafts but they are so crucial like once you get done with that first draft you have your story and then you can go back and be like you know what I don't like this scene or you know what this scene is great but I need to make it longer or man I didn't realize it but I think I really want this character to be like longer and more thought out or this character sucks I'm just gonna get rid of them like Once you have that draft done, you have so much of what you need done, and you can just focus on the little things like one
0: step at a Mm -hmm. time. It's like the pilot chapter of a new series, but it's only for you because you get to know Mm -hmm. the story you're making, the characters, the place, maybe the plot, the scenes, like Bethany says. The first draft helps you a lot to understand the idea you had but maybe you didn't completely understand. So when you're done with the first draft, it's more clear what you wanted to do. And yeah, it might be bad sometimes, but I don't think first first drafts are bad. I think they're just tiny babies that need a little more polishing. Yeah.
1: Tiny yeah. babies
2: that need polishing. I love it. Like uh, one uh, one advice a writer said was that you can't make the words beautiful until you have words on yes, paper. Yes, it's um, wonderful. Way to the say thing it. that made me happy too was that I went to Y'all Fest last week um, to meet a bunch of great authors, and I asked them to write a small, a short piece of advice on a notebook I had. So I have this collection of a bunch of authors like talking about like big names like Marie Lu or Elizabeth Lim, Chloe Gon. Um, and they wrote a little piece of advice there. And I just, I'm just cherishing. Uh, I would cherish. cherish. Oh, that's oh, so I nice. Mind. I would cherish this notebook for like to the end of like, I don't know, because um, and many of them wrote so many good things that I hadn't considered like for example, write what you're obsessed with and don't follow trends. Um, and it's something that sometimes I was tempted to do. I will say, Oh, I really have this I have this super fun idea about this, this or that, and then I'm gonna remember, oh, but that's not popular right now. It won't sell. But I remind myself that, you know, you know, Cinder, like Marissa herself said it that um, back then it was what was the what was the craze it was dystopian novels or mm-hmm. vampires vampires dystopian it's, Who knows? Um, something along those lines and she at one point thought who have wanted to read uh i don't know book about cyborgs so yeah well here we
0: are everyone wants oh. to read about cyborgs
1: i mean hello
0: futuristic fairy tales yes, so she did it so well it's
2: like i want more Definitely for sure. Write what Mm -hmm. you love and keep writing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So today we're going to talk about um, some fan art before we get to chapters. And I'm really excited for this fan art. The first one is just like a throwback because this is a sad like Cress and Thorn couple of chapters. Um, So this is a throwback to Thorn and Cress in the desert and him comforting her. And it's just really cute and really sweet. And of course, the art itself is beautiful. And it's by b a b e h n s i on Instagram. You guys, I'm really sorry, but some of these like Instagram names that I can't actually say because it's just like letters, I don't know what to do besides spell it. So I'm sorry. Spelling <laughs> is good. Spelling is good. That's what Taylor <laughs> taught us. Um, oh, so good.
2: yeah, spelling is fun, kids.
1: <laughs> I, I really
2: like this a lot. One thing I've noticed a lot about Cresswell art when they're in the desert is that, Thorne is wearing his blindfold even though in the books later on is when he gets it yeah. but I still like I still like that people draw him or artists draw him with the blindfold because it's a it's a symbolism it represents like what happened with him during the book um especially because you can see a lot of his character development after going through blindness
1: yeah and you could I guess you could make the argument that this was after they yeah, found the caravan, but I agree it's it's a little um, misrepresented because they he didn't have that. I've yet. been
0: thinking that maybe um, adding the blindfold before meeting the caravan is because they don't know where he might be looking. Since he's blind, blind he can be looking at the floor or the sky or I don't know. Maybe he's looking to the left, so. I think the blindfold, (laughs) and this can be cheaty, I guess, I don't know, I don't draw, but that's what I think. They put the blindfold to avoid drawing the eyes, looking at Mm -hmm. nowhere. Maybe that's... it's still very good. That could be something. It's really beautiful, it's sad. Really sad, but Beautiful.
2: yeah it, it is very beautiful too um I remember reading it and Cress was just you know I mean obviously where they were in a dire situation, but at the same time, what's going on in Cress's head, oh my gosh, or all oh my stars is captain will thorn, he is hugging me he just kissed my cheeks, and it. it's, it's like, like over
1: analyzing every single moment as we all as girls do like or boys like yeah. i i did that for sure i did that especially in the beginning like, of my relationship
2: i i, I will probably I, I can't judge her like they are in a dire Life and death situation. Yet you know she's talking about she's confessed that she's in love with him and that uh, she's never been kissed. And that he promised her that he won't let her die without being kissed. So um, um, I just love I just loved everything about it because it's just just also you know two people, you know, going through not just the uh, external situation of the desert but also internal struggles too with trying to be the hero that Cress wants him to be. And Cress wanted to be a more confident girl. Yeah,
0: yes, absolutely. Yes, they're both trying. They're both doing their best in the desert to stay alive. To prevent mm-hmm. going mad, I don't think I would have... I don't think I could ha- have had had, had uh, English. I would have gone mad. <laughs> Home, yeah, yeah but it's, it's a
1: terrifying I, scenario. I wouldn't.
0: I would have gone mad a day after I was stranded in the desert. I just hate the sun, and it's so hot, and it's alone. There's nowhere to run. I would have lost yeah. my mind. And it's too hot during the day and then too cold mm-hmm. during the night. And too cold
1: during the night, yeah. So this next fan art is also Cress and Thorn. And actually I really love it because it's not something I've ever seen before. Um, they're hiding in the lunar ship in the cargo bay. I I I can't even with how adorable this is. I so, so beautiful. Thorn is like leering over her protectively and she's like looking up into his eyes. And I I can just see this moment playing out so well um in in my head, and I just I love it so much for that I want to comment of how
2: accurate and well done their height differences yes, thank are. You. <laughs> Um, I will say this as a short girl myself um like Cress is one of my favorite characters ever just because I feel myself so represented like yes short girls rock let's go um and many times we forget the little differences like between heights um in books like for example if uh, you had to if it's someone shorter talking to someone taller, you had to say she looked up
1: at the person. Now she looked at the person, and right? And then you like have to that. reach for so, them. Like for example, I what bothers me is when they when they don't explain the reaching kind of thing, because my husband is over a foot taller than me, mm-hmm. I can't actually kiss oh. Quinton. Like I can't reach that. He has to bend his head to meet me in the middle. And they don't talk about that in books. They're like, she kissed him. And I'm like, how did she do that though? Yeah, that's <laughs> like, they should drag him
0: down,
2: they should pull his pull <laughs> him down. Did they meet in the middle? Like,
1: did she get one of those cute little boxes to jump on? Like you gotta fill you gotta fill in the blanks what here What I imagine
0: is the short girl, because I'm short too. Knocked him down. And then she kissed him (laughs) when he's on the (laughs) floor, (laughs) you know, at ground height. That's Uh what I imagine when they say she kissed him. Okay, but is he on the floor? Because she can't reach. (laughs) She's too small. Sir, you're cool. Ah...
2: Yeah, I love that. I love her eyes too in this one picture too. They look so blue and you can see honestly see the I guess shyness maybe or worry. The oh maybe admiration towards you Admiration, know, longing ever- probably. I
1: would say longing. I really longing. wish we could see more of Thorne's facial expression because I would love to see like that same kind of desire sort of mirrored on him. But Mm. I also think it's sweet that we only see half of his face.
0: I think half of his face is fine because of the position of his arms. He is acting Mm -hmm. like a wall for Chris. He's hiding her from sight. So I just love that. That position for me is so romantic, so nice. He knows that crazy is a shell. She can't fight for her life. So he's going to act. Like a protective wall for her. In case it's needed. So. I love that. I love that. When Bethany showed me the picture. I actually screamed. And my mom asked me. What's wrong with you? <laughs> and I just told my mom. Um, you know. <laughs> my books. <laughs> I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. That. that- single frame it's beautiful I love it Yeah, anything Thorn and Cress I just
1: love so much they're my OTP for sure <laughs> absolutely so that one I forgot to say but that one is by um, Cinder Cinder Nightmare on uh, Tumblr and also a thank you to uh Cosmic Nova Flare, because I was having trouble finding that artist's name, yeah, and she she kind of gave it to me, so I'm very happy for that. Thank you <laughs> <laughs> So let's have some fun today okay chapter twenty one uh last week, we left off with Kai and the crew arriving on Luna. Cinder, Thorn, Wolf, and Ico got out, but Cress got left behind. And we start this scene with um, a new quote, which is always super exciting. I love those transitions. They make me so happy that we get to like see that change in the story. And then we get to be like, you know what? This is probably what's coming next. And so for this one, it's the huntsman took pity on her and said, run away into the woods, child, and never come back. We're at the second part of the Snow White retelling. We're in Winter's Perspective. And I love Kai. (laughs) Uh, I love, Levada's like yelling at him and he's like, oh, stowaways, you know? Not a care in the world, shrug it off. He's like, whatever. I love it so much. I
0: mean, Kai seriously needs a microphone. (laughs) because when he says oh what a surprise i can picture him in my head dropping the mic and then leaving Livana alone and then just walk walking away <laughs> yes and then walk away it's like yes yes emperor please please do that
2: he is a lot more confident for sure because when i was reading this the first time I was like, guy, what are you doing? You, you're gonna... The, the, the crazy woman, the crazy witch is right there. She, she She's gonna do something. She's gonna cut off your tongue. And he's just, like, shrugging. Oh, oopsies. He's just,
1: he's just like, oh, stowaways. I wonder how that happened. Phew, glad you found him. The door's <laughs> this way, you
0: said? So, <laughs> like... Where do we go now? Not a care in the world. <laughs> yes. That moment is perfect. We know. Kai isn't going to take any more of Levana's schemes, craps. I know I can say the B word, so <laughs> <I> <laughs> just bleed <laughs> it out.
1: People people will just hear like woo. <laughs> <laughs> <the Yes>, <laughs> <I'm so hard. sighs>
0: yeah,
2: he he won't take it anymore. Like he and also, because in the Lavana herself says that she that he is confident, she says, You seem confident that I won't have you killed for this. Um, and he just says, Oh, well, go for it. <laughs> you know what you want, and you won't get it. Without me.
0: You can kill me, but you're not gonna be impressed, so
1: you still need me. Like, kill me all you want, but you won't get what you want out of it, so you decide.
2: I, I can honestly imagine the people that are there, um, just watching this constant snarky, like snappy comebacks mm-hmm. between each other. They're just being so. there's just so entertained. seeing his Kai reply like his sassy with his sassiness, and Navana being all, oh, and just while
0: you know, while in the background there's a chase going on. It's just I, can't I imagine think this whole scene. the lunar guards might be like, oh, he's talking back to the queen. Uh-huh. Meanwhile, the earth is like waiting like, for the signal. Is this kid want to die? Does this kid want to die?
1: They're just like waiting for the uh, signal to yes. shoot him. And then it never comes. And they're like, what, what just happened? Happen? Because <laughs> also, a couple minutes later, someone definitely gets shot. Uh, yes. So, yeah. <laughs> Lavana accuses Kai outright of treason, and that's where he mm. says, like, mm, okay, you're not gonna okay. kill me. But she does threaten Torin uh. and god I love Torin. He doesn't even flinch, his <laughs> poker face is game. He's like, go
0: for it. I'll do it, I'll die. It's no big You biggie. know, my loyalty is to the Emperor Kaito, not you, so come on, here, between the eyes, make it quick. Mm-hmm. I love him. He's like, Okay, I tell love me. him and so much. <sighs>
2: And he's another one who's gone to some character changes too, because what, two bucks ago we wouldn't have even dreamed of him saying this. He'll be like, Emperor Kai, please, some composer, some hold some decorum in front of, you know, another um royal person or whatever. And this time he's just like, Oh, well, you wanna go? Come <laughs> I'm on, if you.
1: you have all the power, but I have some. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh-huh. That's that's really nice to see in a book when the characters actually change and they don't stay the same.
1: There's a technician that arrives because he's going to fix whatever Crest did to the system to let them out. And Winter sees like a foot behind a cargo box. And she's like, huh, what, uh, what's going on there? is like, mm, whatever, I'm going to go to my room now with a big, huge smile on his face, I
0: know. which I love.
1: Oh, and lovely. I love that, like, the technician gets there and he can't even get into his own system. Like, whatever Kress did to it, he can't even get into it to turn anything
0: on or off. He had
1: he can't do anything. It's like a locked phone.
0: What this makes me think is yeah. maybe civil Mate Kress design most of the system in Luna because the technician is like, oh no no, I'm I'm 20 years older in experience and I know more than anyone but uh guy, bro. You don't even know the password to your computer, so you can't even get <laughs> you in. You can't even turn <laughs> the button on. So <laughs>
2: I, love, like, like, I like that you mentioned Civil and Crest too, because think about it. I mean, Crest, is already gifted in tech, with technology and those kind of things. But of course, Civil was the one also who locked her in the satellite and pretty much um, forced her to be even better in technology because they wanted to have you know, they wanted the queen to have the mm-hmm. upper hand. So now this is biting them back. I think that's the correct word. Uh, something that they used that the, the Luna that the Queen wanted to use for her advantage, which was having Krez doing all these techy stuff, now it, it's biting her back in return. Um, so the same technician that will help her earlier a few years ago now is working against her and, you know, getting the revolution started. In this case, with letting um, her friends, the actual Queen of Luna escape to get yes. started with her plan so,
0: so that's basically. so i like that i uh, kind of feel bad there, for the technician but he's not good at his job so i don't know i mean i feel bad
1: because he dies <laughs> and i don't even if you're bad at your job i feel like death shouldn't no, be the option no, of course you, no. it's like you're bad at your job you're dead <laughs> like most people would just and get like fired
2: and she threatens him with something else first. She says, actually, I, I love this one. I mean, I, I hate Levana, but the way she says it is, I suggest you find your tongue before I disable it. Like, she doesn't even say before I cut it off or before I, I don't know, have you, I don't know, be mute for the rest of your life. Like, no, she said before I disable it. Like, she's going to disable her phone um, or something.
1: I took that to mean that she would use her gift to prevent him from talking. Like, oh, before I... Because, because I she could have said, said, mm-hmm. she would chop it
0: off. I thought the same thing when she said, before I disabled it, I thought in something similar to the Hunger Games, what they did to the, what was the name? You know the servants? Uh Yeah, yeah, they they cut their tongues so they couldn't talk. That's what I thought. She's not going to cut his tongue, but he's going to prevent him to talk.
1: When you can't talk, is it mute?
2: They were not in the movies. They were in the
1: books. No, sure. I'm sure. I'm sure they were not. It honestly, was only it was in been the books. Too long since
0: I've seen the movies. It was only yeah. in the books.
1: Yeah, it's it's been too long since yeah, I've seen wanna, the movies for me to to really.
2: Uh-huh. The
1: books a while ago too,
2: and I want to also talk about winter. Also, in the like, this is all from Winter's point of view. So. We just have Winter there, like, just watching everything unfold in front of her while Jason is just in front of her blocking her. She's like, oh, let me watch the tea. I want to see what's going on. And he's just her protector. just um, While well, she's just one is also caught something in the corner of her eye, which is poor little Cress hiding in some um, some crates or behind some crates. So I like that Winter's just there watching everything happening and she's just... Because... um. Well, we get from the perspective that I like that she mentioned that she felt bad for the mm-hmm. man's life. She said that she became worried. And she has no idea who this man is. I mean, she's probably seen him walking around and...
0: He didn't so deserve the, so bad because
2: like, the, the he, Yeah, exactly. Maybe, I don't know, maybe disabled his tongue permanently was a better... Uh, men, I
0: mean, he would still
1: be alive I mean you'd still be alive <laughs> it show the brutality. you can live without a tongue you can't live without being alive I mean it does show the brutality
2: of Levana and of the, and of the rules they have there in Luna yeah.
0: what I like in Winter's attitude is when Kai gives his clever response to Levana she feels bad for teasing him. I know. Mm-hmm. I know, Winter. I know. You're forgiven, baby. Uh, no.
2: Yeah, because what it was like two episodes ago, she was
0: like, You could be my
2: stepdad. <laughs> and now she's like, Wait, no, sorry,
1: The happy part of this chapter is that Winter hides Cress. She sees tiny little human and hides her for no reason she i mean she can make assumptions that like this person came in with cinder in the group jason has told her that cinder is actually princess selene but she has no reason to hide her and scarlet like scarlet is is a part of that group and she loves scarlet um but she finds Cress, and she's like here get in this box and Cress is like what and she's like get in the box like, it, t- it takes a lot for Cress to understand what she's trying to say. But I also understand that Cress is, like, terrified.
0: Yes. In that moment, yeah. I imagine Cress being like, why is a Lunar talking to me? Shouldn't I be a shell? Why did she know I'm here? <laughs> Who is this person? And I love Winter oh, making... And- so much noise and opening the crates so she can hide Chris without anyone noticing, not even Jason. I love that. How clever she can hide Chris. Yeah, it- and Chris, maybe she didn't know what was happening, but a box is better than dead. <laughs> hmm
2: yeah, I think she even says that she didn't even wait for Kress to be comfortable. She just shoved her in and just makes noise with the papers she had in her hand. And even Kress, he says here, the girl gawked up at her. Like, Kress just looking up at her, like, what is going like, on? Like, looters
0: aren't kind and helpful. What's happening Who is this person? Who is this woman?
2: And I, and, I, and I love how Winter is so innocent. Like, Winter knows that she's known. Well, she's known that she's. Known as the crazy girl mm-hmm. from the court. Like, oh, there goes Princess winter. She's off the rails. Um, and she takes that to her advantage. She actually takes... Um, um, she reclaims that back to herself and uses that as a way to help Kres. She's like, oh, people see me as a, a crazy girl? Okay, well, they're about to see that right now. Um, and she starts going, oh, gifts from... The Americans and from
0: uh, one from Argentina, and
2: she's just so adorable. I love her.
0: First time reading Winter, I had so much trouble remembering. She is seventeen. I had to tell myself she is seventeen. She is seventeen. She is is seventeen. Because she never acted like a 17-year-old for me. She was more like a 11-year-old, so. Yeah, I think she's
1: 18, but I do think that that's like part of like the consequences of the lunar Yes, I,
0: I understand that, but yeah. first time reading, it was so hard to keep on focusing on her age. Mm-hmm. I I thought she was 11, first half of the book, and then Jason kissed her, and I was like, wait, what? Why? Why? She's so young. And then my head told me, no, no, no. She's almost 18. Oh, yes. Okay. Sorry. Please move on. <laughs> it's so confusing. <laughs> no,
2: it's, yeah, she. I think she's taking advantage of that. In, she's taking advantage of that innocence here to distract people from crests And so well, That's the way I saw it. That she... Kind of like, um, I think this is why I guess she also got along so well with Scarlett, at least on her perspective, because Scarlett's just like, "Hey, crazy," but, um, but I think this is why I guess um, maybe Winter kind of liked Scarlett too as well. I mean, besides being a nice human being who you know wants to protect people against her crazy mm-hmm. stepmom, um, but Scarlett herself also had her, her and her grandma had a reputation of being crazy too. Like, oh, there's the crazy old woman. Oh, there's, oh, there's uh, her dog, and daughter, Scarlett. and oh, she's also crazy as well. Um, and and I like the parallels between um Scarlett's family, surgeon and also Winter, too, that they were known as quote unquote crazy. Um, but of course, they're strong
0: girls, kind, strong girls who mm-hmm. want to rise up against Savannah. Mm-hmm. I think for Scarlett, crazy is um a cute nickname. For Winter. I mean, that's how I see things. Scarlet says crazy. With yeah, I love. I think
1: it's meant to be a, a term of
0: mm-hmm. endearment. Yeah.
1: So that is basically. Where we end the chapter. Uh, Cress is. Is hidden away. And Winter is like. Let's take this paper upstairs. Jason come on. Come on. Um, Let's do this. <laughs> So let's talk about I love that. <laughs> let's talk about your song choices so for this one. Uh, I'll go with mine. So I chose uh, chose two. Actually,
2: I was I wasn't sure between both. So the first one was "Safe with Me" by Griffin. Um, just I, I got because of two reasons. One is Jason protecting Winter. So like he says, the song is "Safe with Me." I know don't know why I get so messed up in my head, but I keep putting up fences. Um, but I want someone, somebody to say to me, come lay with me. You're safe with me. So I always thought that would be Winter. Because she always saw Jason as her protector. I think she even says so at the beginning of the chapter. Where it says um, that she was... Yeah, Jason had placed himself in front of Winter. Ever her protector. And the other reason why I also picked the song was because of Crass herself. Um, Winter, and her, on her innocence and kindness, picking this miniature girl, putting her in the crates and just say, you're safe with me now, let's go. While she's just fucking away with her paper in her hands. Um, and the other one I picked was, it's nice to have a friend by Taylor Swift. The only reason I liked it was just because of the title itself. And also, and and it reminded me because, you know, Chris found an ally in this case. Uh, she was able to find someone to keep her safe, which was Winter. And so it's nice to have a friend. And also because the song is so innocent about school bells and video games, sleeping in tents. And that innocence of that song reminds me a lot of Winter as well. Being the innocent, kind girl um, helping a new friend. In this case, Chris.
0: Oh, that's so nice.
1: That is nice. And I th- I love... Obviously, I love Taylor Swift, um, but that's, I think, one of her underrated songs from that album, too. So it's nice when it gets some recognition.
0: My song for this chapter is focused in the first part of the chase, when Kai is being, you know, Emperor Kai. Hello, Kitty. With Levana. My song is A Loaded Gun by Robbie Fayer. The song is not so happy, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's talking about the moment you have the last word. My favorite quote for the song is, I say my goodbye with a loaded gun, and I think Kai... With, with his quote. It's actually my quote for this chapter. The Stowaways. And it's. In my perspective. Perfect for Kai. In that moment. Because he's telling Levana. Again and again. I'm not going down. With these shenanigans. So do whatever you want. I will have the last word today. I... I love that contrast with Kai and LeBana now. You are getting sleepy. Your CPAP mask is clamped tightly to your face. You will not toss and turn through the whooshing. You will not throw the mask. It's not working, Harold. People
1: who struggle with CPAP have partners who struggle too. Luckily, now there's Inspire. No mask, no hose, just sleep.
0: When I snap my fingers, you will remember to visit inspiresleep.com.
1: Inspire is not for everyone. Talk to your doctor to see if it's right for you, and review important safety information at InspireSleep.com. Go Kai, Go okay. This is one of my favorite segments of the show. <laughs> so um, I chose "More Than Friends Than You Know," which is from Glee. Um, basically, for the same reasons that Natalie chose, it's nice to have a friend. I first of all, this one of, again, it's an underrated song. I think. Um, but I love that the lyrics to that song uh, talk a lot about like, you don't really know how many friends you have until you need them. And they're all right there for you. And then there's also all of these different types of friends, like some people that you know forever and some people that you you never expect to meet. And yet they all impact your life in such a big way. Um, and I think that that kind of suits Cress and Winter who don't even know each other. And yet Winter is, uh, is saving her.
0: Winter is an angel in Luna. Mm, She is. Hi, I'm Michael. I'm Barbara. And I'm Lauren. We are the hosts of Badass Literature Society, a book review podcast where we take book recommendations from listeners like you, read them, and then discuss them on our show.
1: Join us once a month as we dive into the books you picked and talk about them.
0: And don't miss our bonus episodes covering all sorts of random bookish topics that come out in between reviews.
1: Don't worry, if you want to read one of the books, the first part of each episode is designated spoiler-free, so you can listen and see if you'd like to read it, and then come back and listen to the rest later. You can find Badass Literature Society on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify,
0: Amazon Podcasts, and anywhere else you like to listen. Now, back to the show.
1: So let's talk about Chapter 22, Thorn. (laughs) Thorn is the new wolf. (laughs) Uh, yeah uh. okay cinder has been dealing for months with wolf being this hollow cell agitated tireless poor broken man because he's been separated from scarlet and now all of a sudden thorn has that same energy because cress is gone no. and she's like god i wish i could turn my gift off i can't handle all this lovesick romantic <laughs> depression stuff like it's too much you guys
2: <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned yeah. the word lovesick
0: Because that's what yes. I was getting too Like like now we went
2: from One lovesick you know, boy to two You
0: thinking I'm going to turn off the, the gift In my mind I mean, she's a cyborg So there has to be some setting In her computer That says, okay Lunar gift, suspend Until I say so Please turn off now that would be <laughs> that has to be her- helpful for someone turn off the gift just like that Become a yeah. shell. I don't like this part because Carswell is so sad
2: <laughs> Thorn and Cress are my favorite couple so seeing them separated I was like no and I was selfish
1: <laughs> Cinder acknowledges that in one of these chapters, she acknowledges that she didn't realize like how close Thorn and Cress had got. And there's a moment where she's like, "I wonder if it's because they spent time in the desert, but I don't think it is. Maybe it started in the desert, right? Like, it makes me wonder if Eiko Wolf and Cinder in this moment are finally seeing that the Cress and Thorn have like a much bigger connection than they thought." It was, and it's different
2: from with Wolf and Scarlet because remember with Wolf and Scarlet going, all, Oh, you're my alpha, you're my alpha, mm-hmm. whatever, and the Rampion and Echo is just like, Sender, they're being all cheesy over here. Um. So I wonder were the same thing they noticed, like, Ooh, there's
0: uh, there's Storm and Cress being cheesy with each other again. Mm, I think they didn't notice. They grew closer because of Thorn, because he Mm -hmm. keeps his distance with Cress. Yeah. Now more than ever, he doesn't want to hurt her, so they don't go so close in the rampion. Only Cress, but, you know, Cress is (laughs) Cress. She always looks at at her crush. I like the word friend
2: uh i like i like the word um that basically um the word agitated that cinder used to describe um wolves and now it was coming from mm-hmm. thorn like she she could honestly tell like how much this meant because when they lost scarlet i mean i, I don't um how they thrown around of course they were devastated they lost scarlet um but you know, this will hit Thorn on a different level. Um, especially because he's still, like Andrew said, he's the one putting up walls and separating himself because he's not the hero that Cress wants him to be and he feels bad about that. Um, but this time, like, he himself probably is fighting with himself, like, oh,
0: feelings. How do I turn the feelings off? Asked Thorne. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And this moment is... Thorn's Thorne's never had feelings. He doesn't know how to turn them off. He doesn't understand what's
0: happening. I love that. They show that Thorne really never was aware of his feelings until today. And now he doesn't know what to do with himself. He's just like, I'm in pain. I want to cry. What do I do now? Please help Turn me off. <laughs> <laughs> Please yeah. help tell me what to do. That's such a good point. Yes. That's that's how I picture Thorny in this moment. Tell me what to do.
1: Yeah. How ID do I turn details. off myself? So basically what happens in this chapter is that they leave. They use Wolf's ID to take a shuttle, they go to waste salvage, which makes I go say yucky. Um and and then they go there. And that's pretty much all that happens in this chapter. There's a couple of things where we find out every lunar system, every lunar citizen is in the database. Thorne flinches when they say Cress's name. And Cinders like tries to apologize to Thorne and he's like, Whatever. Because he's he's just too upset to deal with it. Um but that's really that's all that happens in this chapter is they get in a shuttle and they leave. That-
0: A final moment with Thorn and Cinder is so harsh to read she's trying to be the friend (laughs) she's been all this time with Thorn and he's so broken that he he just don't don't and Mm -hmm. (sighs) it's it's so painful I hate it I hate
2: it. <laughs> And and even in the midst of this internal turmoil going on inside of him, he at least still is the criminal mastermind as he himself describes, as he himself describes himself. Um, and it says why they're going to a certain mm-hmm. sector. Oh, we're going to go to the the dumpster because everything's connected there and
1: they can't and, find us here, which makes um, perfect sense to me. And, it makes perfect sense to me that they would go there.
2: Yeah, and and sender, like nods and like praises him basically on or it's impressed that he came up with that plan. Like she, like for sure, her own self, that her own self, that she didn't come up with that. And I like that, he just says he shrugged again without enthusiasm. Charisma mastermind, remember? Criminal mastermind, yeah. remember? And of course, in a different situation, he'll be all cocky, be like, "Oh yeah, well, you know, it's your favorite criminal mastermind over here. Let's go take down this go take down this queen."
1: But not in this situation because he's too sad he's destroyed i was broken too as the reader (laughs) he is destroyed and you know what's interesting to me is um i feel like wolf should be more understanding because wolf has been like such a crybaby not in a bad way but like he has been a wreck since scarlet got (laughs) taken so I feel like he should be more sympathetic to what Thorn is going through. Because he's been going through the same Maybe thing. Maybe he
0: doesn't know how to help Thorn either. I mean, what could Wolf say to Thorn? Yeah. It's gonna be okay. Yeah, 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 gonna he be... knows it might not be okay. So... Mm-hmm. I kind of understand why Wolf didn't say anything. Because it's the same thing they would have told him. So... It's kind of complicated. Yeah.
2: Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing as why when Cinder was trying to come up with words to say, which was what my pick as my chapter quote, but when she was just trying to come up with something like, to say. She's like, what? What do I say? She might be dead. She
1: probably already is.
2: Yeah, and and the same thing with Scarlett too. When she, they throughout Kress, they're just Oh, reassuring themselves especially wolf oh maybe she's still mm-hmm. safe in luna we could rescue her without even knowing that that might be the case and now they have to do the same game of hoping with with crest yeah too. and we
1: as the reader okay. kind of have to do the same thing too because we don't know what's going to happen to any of them they could get caught in the next two seconds and then everybody's dead and then it's a really bad <laughs> series <laughs> a bad, bad experience um, right. for everybody so let's talk about your song choices for this one. I went with this one. I
2: went with another yes, Taylor Swift song because I um I chose this woman cannot escape any of my playlists, but I went with I Know Places by Taylor Swift, um because of they are in the system trying to get away from the crazy Luna Queen, um. And, of course, the theme of the song is more about love. It's about, like, oh, you and I, baby, we are together. We're going to run away. But um, I like this one part. um, It says, because they got the cages, they got the boxes and guns. They are the hunters. We are the foxes and we run. Um, And it says, I know places where we won't be found. In this case, it's, well, a plan all of them came up with together. Of course, Wolf is, okay, we can go see my parents. Thorn comes up with an idea how to get there, and Cinder is the leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, there's the lack of Crest that would help them get there without that much trouble. Um, but I like them, you know, being hunted now. Like they were already hunted, but it's even more real now because they themselves got before that, they were in orbit on Earth and they're rampian. And it was hard with Cress's help. It was hard for anybody else to detect them. But this time, they walked straight into the enemy, ter- enemy territory. And have to be careful about the traps and
1: the cages. I like that song so much. Andrew, do you want to talk about your chapter title for Chapter 22? My
0: chapter title is Dark Places from Hollywood Undead. The song is about... Um, someone with a drug addiction, but they focus on how lonely and... Uh, wait a moment. Um, uh, unhelpful, I think it is. He feels... Unhopeful, unhopeful. Mm. English.
1: <laughs> English
0: is betraying me today. So I like that song because they talk about... How lonely can someone feel even though they have help, even though they have someone standing next to them? But they don't know how to ask for help. They don't know how to say, I need someone. So they feel in a dark, cold, lonely place. And I think that's how Wolf and Cars will feel in this chapter. They're both suffering. Wolf in silence. Cars will not sew so in silence, but they both in pain. Both of them need a big hug and some hot chocolate. And their girlfriend's and back, their girlfriend's of back. course. <laughs> <laughs> I love that
1: so much. <laughs> My song choices, I had two. I have The Mess I Made by Parachute. I think that they've kind of put themselves in a predicament now where they're missing too many people. And they are, the plan obviously didn't go as well as they thought it would, but why on earth did they think it would go so well anyways? That's another conversation, I guess. Um, So I kind of love that Cinder is just like, kind of has a moment where she's like looking around and she realizes they don't have Scarlet. They don't have Crest. They don't have someone to hack into the systems. They don't have a way to like discreetly move around the moon. They don't even know where to go next. And she's just like, Oh, Oh boy. And then I picked You're the Reason by Victoria Justice, because I think this scene proves to us as the reader that Cress means a lot more to Thorne than even he realized. Um, and I so desperately wish we had Thorne's perspective right now so I could hear the inner turmoil that he's going through. Oh, I know. I
2: wish I I. Honestly, wish I could. I don't know if maybe <laughs> ask Marissa. Hey, what? What did we like? What can we have something like like this scene in Thorne's point of view? Um, I don't know if that might be a good, or bad thing. Maybe a lot of cursing going on. Um, internal turmoil, you know, like you
0: said. That would be nice to see, but as a sucker for punishment, I want to read how in pain Thorne is. So mm-hmm. that would be so lovely. I would love to cry. <laughs> for us. For not us, for him, yeah. We
1: don't, we don't. It's not really for him. Yes, for of us. course.
2: <laughs> Your pain is my entertainment. Not really, but of course, we. he is broken and them being my favorite couple, I was broken too. Like, no, why did they get separated? First, we got Cinder and Kai for three whole books or I guess two and a half books. And then we got uh, Wolf and Scarlet separated. Now we got Cress and Thor separated.
0: Marisa, why are you now letting them be together? You know, for so that you can, for wow. um um, to read <laughs> for pain. Yes, read
2: on. Of course, I mean, of course, as a as a reader, as somebody like immersed in this world. I am, of course, complaining, like, no, why can't just be happy. But as a reader, as a literature enthusiast, I am very happy because this is the, the way yeah. to keep readers hooked. And, you know, we have to create conflict and we have to keep going and we need to create internal and external turmoil and things to happen. And because then that makes the reunions mm-hmm. a lot better, of course, without
0: spoiling anything. Like, and we and need, a, now, motive.
1: We <laughs> need make, a motive. We need a motive to example, be happy,
0: to cry. Yeah, to be we angry, you know. We need everything. I mean with um with winter
2: we well, know winter with Cinder and Kai being separated for like two books, and then finally the reunion at the end of Crash. It's like Yes, yes, yes ah. So it helps us look for to oh, look yes. forward to something.
1: Definitely something to be excited Reunions about. Reunions are the best. Can we talk about <laughs> quotes? Is that how my podcast okay. works? <laughs> I think. Uh,
0: okay, Andrew, you go first. My <laughs> quote for chapter 22 is from uh, Cinder. She's a shell, Cinder said. They can't detect her bioelectricity. As long as she stays hidden, she'll be don't, said Thorne. From page 194. <laughs> and mine builds right after that, actually. Because I picked
2: when she says, Cinder stared at his whining knuckles in the struggle for something meaningful to say. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to skip to the last part where it says, Finally, she whispered, I'm so sorry, Thorne. Oh, yeah, he said baby. To too. Poor oh. <laughs> thing Like, even if you cannot, it doesn't describe his, like, facial expressions or anything, you can feel the brokenness out of those three little words that he just He's said.
0: so destroyed. I just want to get in that book and give him a big bear hug. Of course, I'm going to join the, the revolution. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Of course. I love that so much. This whole book, you guys. It's just so it's good. so good. Someone should do a podcast about this series because it's just so amazing.
0: <laughs> I know <of> someone <laughs> who could do a podcast about this series, you know? What? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my quote um,
1: The lack of Cress's presence filling up the hollow spaces around them. That's kind of, I know that's in Cinder's perspective but Thorn is really feeling this. Thorn feels the the sort of phantom ghost of Cress being there when she's not there anymore. And um, it kind of makes me, like I said, I just really wish we had this from Thorn's perspective. Maybe there's some um, good fan fiction out there where it has this scene from Thorn's perspective. So if you have it, you send it to me so that I can read it and be like a hopeless romantic and then move on with my life. <laughs>
2: Yes, please. <laughs> yes. And if you know what? And uh, there's a quote they there saying that if there's something that you really want and you don't see it, then write it yourself. Yep. So uh, you know what? Maybe that might be a good writing project for myself. Absolutely. fantastic. Writing. And I think
1: that, I think, um I think my quote and Andrew's quote goes really well with Natalie's oh, quote, yeah. too.
0: They kind of, they're in the same page.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's all like right <laughs> together. Yep.
2: Chris is not even here. Yes, she is the focus. I mean, of course, the focus is okay, let's get out of here and describing some of Luna's things and whatnot, um, like places and whatnot. But Chris is still the main focus, even when she's not here. So it does emphasize how important she was to the team, both in the way, you know, of achieving their goals of starting the revolution and of also as a friend, slash potential girlfriend but of course the phone doesn't want to admit that
0: maybe not yet not yet Not yet. we'll have to wait and see
1: we have so long to wait though because this podcast is going to take forever that's the
0: best part <laughs> yeah, more
2: TOC content uh, I think you were going to talk about uh, the architecture of Luna, how it's mm-hmm. going to Yeah,
1: I think I skipped over that because I wanted to talk more about <laughs> Crest. <laughs>
0: oh, about baby um, Crest. Yeah, but, exactly.
1: Yeah, I, I do like the transition we get of like how beautiful, luxurious Artemisia is and um, that you kind of get to see like how beautiful everything is in terms of like the sheer amount of like labor and, and uh, cost and opportunity that would have went into creating this place and I think it's important for Marissa to give us that information because in a couple of chapters according to what we're learning here we're going to go to waste salvage which I can only imagine is like the mirror opposite of the beautiful and luxurious artemisia
0: I think waste is going yeah. to be another black hole I mean... Mm-hmm. For sure. This has so many resemblances with the Hunger Games, with the Capitol. how that city is so bright, so beautiful, so wonderful, and the rest is garbage. And Artemisa yeah, is absolutely. just like that. But on Luna, of course. And... It's pretty on the exactly. outside, but on the inside, it's gonna I run. Love that, you know that kind of dystopy just right my alley.
2: And it's in juxtaposition too. The streets and the architecture, everything is so detailed and well designed, in contrast to the um what's the word in contrast to the government to the the evil queen tyrants that they have as well as the society that focuses so much on glamour and looking perfect that they hide the ugliness the not looks wise but just the ugliness of their of what they believe which is so many things like you know like Levana being totally okay with killing her three-year-old niece. I don't know.
0: Levana... Levana is... Um... Um... Something else, for sure. <laughs> I think Levana lost all of her marbles when she was born.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or or what <laughs> we found out in Paris is that she definitely <laughs> lost them very slowly throughout her her teen years especially her like oh, adolescence. Yeah, that
0: too. <laughs> she didn't have many to begin with. She had like right? five or six marbles. <laughs> I always
2: wonder and I was wondering what if January wouldn't have been as abusive as she was, how I mean I'm pretty sure Lavana was still being the crazy witch that she still is. But I wonder how much influence Jennery had into that as well.
1: Yeah, I don't know.
2: I mean she's still responsible for her actions regardless of what right, her of sister course. did to her. She's still responsible for how she responds.
1: But that um, would be um that would little, definitely be a, something interesting uh, to explore. Yes. Because obviously it would change it would change everything. Yeah, she's still responsible for the actions she did towards
2: an
0: innocent three year old. It toddler, would make a so. huge difference if Chenari wouldn't have been as bad as she was with Levana.
2: Maybe Lavana would have still developed, let's say, jealousy just because Levana does say that she feels that she's so much such a better queen. So let's say had Chenari not died, I think Levana would have still be there behind the scenes, like, oh, why is she there? Why is she mm-hmm. ruling? I can do so much better. Um and then maybe try to find a way to take her out, as in, you know, get her killed. Even thought canon wise she didn't, um, it was January to die from regalist poisoning. I feel like in an alternate reality in which January would have died of that, I think Levana would have killed her instead, just because Levana thought
1: would would think that it was for the well being of everyone. I don't we know, that I, but, but I also think ruler. I also think that that La- Levana, who wanted the better for Luna. Lavana, who had the courage and the 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 power so to speak to actually put thought into her actions and follow through like like killing Celine, like killing everett i think that that levana only became because channery died and levana was queen for however long she was queen i think if she had stayed under channery's thumb I don't think she would have gained the confidence she needed to be able to pull all that no, off. No,
0: and maybe Levana would have never wanted to kill too. Celine or even Everett. I think she would have still gone mad for some other reason than being the queen. Because mm-hmm. it has enough to do with Chanary, being so mean, so nasty, unspeakable with Levana, the way she turned out to be.
2: Yeah, she's still outside of January being the way she was. She still had to struggle with making or forcing Everett to love her. So that was there's no January influence there any um anywhere. It's just Lavana not accepting that curly he doesn't love you. Leave him alone. Yeah, please leave
1: him alone. That's a very hard thing for her to accept. That people might not love her, and she needs to leave them alone. Yeah. Yeah. So this week, there were uh, zero Easter eggs. The bonus word gloves appeared once, and the bonus word hair appeared twice. Andrew, can you take a moment and tell us about your podcast? Yes,
0: of course. So my podcast is about books in general. We don't cover one book per episode or per week, but we kind of dive in the books for sections, about 10 to 15 chapters per episode, because (laughs) I love details. I love picking tiny pieces of a chapter or a moment and analyzing them. So my cousin, my co-host and I, We take the books, we read them, and in the week, we talk about that part of the book and slowly watch how the character develops, how the story goes on, or we try to find, you know, foreshadowing within that part of the book, trying to understand what's going to happen next. We just finished our second season of the podcast. We read standalone books and next year, I think it's going to be, we're starting season three, picking every book, series, movie, topic, anything dragon related because I am a sucker for dragons. And my podcast is called The Dragoness of Books, but, I mean, it's in Spanish, so you can check if you want, you can check if you want, I'll check it out. there's no stop, mm-hmm. and you can find it in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, wherever you get your podcast. we try to cover as many platforms as possible.
1: Natalie, do you want to tell anyone where they can find you on social media if they would like to do so?
2: Well, I'm just your regular book nerd geek, so you can find me on Goodreads uh, as Nat. I have a hard time finding what my (laughs) username is, so I think I have to share my Goodreads ID. Which is 131203779. You see a, you'll see a lot of I do update, I try to update as I read a book and you'll see a lot of capital words and exclamation points. Um and also on Pinterest where I like to share a lot of TLC stuff and writing tips and bookish stuff and also also cute things on Pinterest. Um I'm known as Natty Cat N A T Y K A T.
1: Thank you both so much for coming. I had so much fun talking to both of you, and I love getting to have so many Patreon people in one episode. Um.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, thank you for hosting yes. and giving us a
1: space to learn about. Thank kind you of for and
0: having patience to my computer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm just so glad that there are so many people in the world who – um, who actually love these stories as much as I do and, and want to talk to me about them and that I'm not just, like, alone in my room with a <laughs> podcast that no one knows about and just, like, rambling on. Yes.
2: Again, this was, like, so good for me because I having only um, joined the TLC fandom or the Marissa Meyer mm-hmm. fan club only a few months ago and I thought I was late to the club. Yet no, it's that that's one not of the, the few case.
0: fandoms um, that still holds up I've been in dead fandoms really dead fandoms and TLC I don't think it's going to die anytime soon and I
1: hope it doesn't yeah, it never seems to lose momentum no,
0: there's always someone yeah. picking up the book finding love for the book yeah especially when hopefully
2: an
1: adaptation <sighs> so is so desperate shame. for that adaptation <laughs>
0: I just I hope it's good. Show. I
1: need it. Like fire. I just hope. I need it like the fire. I need yeah. to
0: keep warm. I hope it's good because the Shadow Hunters yeah, no, one, I... uh, it made me cry. It made me cry. <laughs> 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 and and I
2: feel like with, with other TV shows, like for example, like Shadow and Bone, with other TV shows based on book series, like all oh, the popular YA series, like Shadow and Bone, doing so well on Netflix with such good casting, I have hopes that mm-hmm. maybe... And I mean, it's a karma. instant karma is getting adapted. So maybe the producers will be like, hey, the author has other
1: books. Let's see what we do with them. I hope so, especially if it's successful.
0: Fingers crossed. And high hopes. So... so
1: Thank you guys for being here, and thank you everyone for listening. Um, Please follow on Instagram, rate, review, and subscribe. And, of course, check out Patreon because there's always lots of cool stuff on there. Um, And I think that's it. So until next time, keep reading, keep listening, and don't get glamored.
0: Don't get glamored. Don't get glamored. Bye. Bye.
1: The passages read for you today are from Winter by Marissa Meyer. This podcast is hosted and produced by Bethany Finger. Today's special guest was Rampy and Crew Patreon members Natalie and Andrew. The intro-outro music was composed by Emma Pavo, and the logo art was created by Sunlit Tangles on Instagram. Thank you for
0: listening. When we got Verizon 5G home internet, it sounded
1: like it could handle all our needs. But one thing it couldn't handle was our frustration. And hey, we deserve reliable internet. It's time for better internet. Fast, reliable internet. Switch to Xfinity. Learn more at
2: Xfinity.com slash Verizon 5G facts.